Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message. See you at church. Everyone having a good morning so far? Fantastic. Well, as many of you know, I'm a dad and uh, I was uh, gr- pleasantly greeted this morning. My kids know I love cuddles. Um, it's, it's something that I, I love and enjoy is cuddles with my kids. And, and uh, I think I had all three of them managing to cuddle me all at one point this morning, which is fun, and, and then proceeded to pack out, pull out drawing after drawing after drawing. Um, which still seems to be giving. I got another one this morning at church of an elephant. Um, it's pretty good. You can't see it, but there's a face there. That's the trunk and the legs. So, so the joys of the joys of having little kids. Um, um, I think they're lots of lots of fun. I think sometimes they're the best the best gifts. Um, and uh, Naomi and I were laughing at, but then we get in trouble when it's time to throw them out take them off the fridge um, and, and not get in trouble for that's always hard. Um, so fathers, dads, happy Father's Day. Um, we, uh, we got greeted well this morning, a whole block of chocolate, Cadbury chocolate. I, I, I thought it was pretty fitting on Father's Day. Um, um, transparently, couldn't help but slightly get a bit emotional actually when I saw the block of chocolate because I have to admit, I see Cabaret chocolate in around church. I think of um, Pastor Vic, and uh, you know, and I think that's probably a hard part of Father's Day when, when you hit that point of remembrance and you remember sometimes those things that are missing. And um, you know, I, I, uh, for me, Pastor Vic was um, a father, spiritual father in every respect, and and probably the closest mentor I had in my life. So to fathers, I can't help when I say Cabaret chocolate. Think of him. Um, but we shouldn't let that take away, I think, from the day um, of, of us celebrating. Um, what I think is fathers and ultimately our heavenly father. But without fathers, they would be missing lots of, lots of things. Um, none more than, than um, dad jokes. Um, who loves a good dad joke? Fantastic. I, I am stealing a couple this morning, but um, I, thought, um, I thought I would share a couple of dad jokes to kick it off this morning. For those that know me, my dad jokes are quite often not funny, which ends up being the funny part of the dad joke. Um, but uh, So I have gone for help this morning. So, um, so what do you call a factory that makes okay products? A satisfactory yeah, that's, I thought that was a, uh, a good one. Um, how do you follow Will Smith in the snow? You follow the Fresh Prince. Some people got that. <laughs> yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air for those that... Um, Fresh Prince... And, anyway, it's not as funny when we explain it. What do, you, what, what do a tick and the Eiffel Tower have in common? They're both Paris sites. <laughs> I love dad jokes. They're fun. Um, oh, 
I'm afraid for the calendar. Its days are numbered. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it there. <laughs> Thank you. I wish I could claim them all, but they're not all, they're not all mine. Um, this morning um, for Father's Day, you know, I think it's probably one of the fitting days to concentrate on the fact that um, God's our Father. Um, and it's an incredible thing. Um, this, this week I was reading a devotion on, on an app on my phone. Um, it was called Imperfect Dads and One Perfect Father. And um, I love what, what they opened up with and it says, um, Did you know that one of the first impressions of God came from our parents? God created us for a relationship with him. And in that creation model, God is the perfect example of what it looks like to be a dad. And I think about that, that's so true. Now, unfortunately for us, that means lots of different things. Some had a great father experience and some didn't. And I think that's probably one of the hardest things when we think about God the Father because in some respects, some of us can naturally get this great aspiration as God the Father, and then for some, it can be really, really hard. Um, and yet, in the opening scripture, or the opening uh, sentence of when Jesus tells us to pray, it tells us to pray to God as our Father in heaven, our Father. That's quite an intimate thing when you think about it. In fact, if you just shut your eyes for a moment, I'm not going to hit you with anything, but if you just shut your eyes for a moment, I want you just to think about that very thing. God of the universe, all-powerful, created the earth in seven days, created the birds, the flowers, the planet, created the very essence of who we are. He is our Father. That's an incredible concept, incredible concept. It's something that I think we should stop and take time to consider, that God is our Father. As much as we have kids that we love, you can open your eyes, just as much as we have kids that we love, He is our Father. He wants to spend time with us. Prior to Jesus coming, when, when people thought about God, they thought about an all-powerful being, something that could smite you, could wipe you out, that if you didn't do the right thing, you're a goner. And then when Jesus came, he changed that. He changed the way that we can think about God and the way he is our Father. Prior to... Prior to Jesus, we were considered slaves and a bondage to sin. But now we can have a relationship with God and he can be much more than just an all-powerful God. He can be our Father. In Romans 8, I should get my flicker ready. Sorry, not as organised. In Romans 8... We read, for all who are led by the Spirit are God of children of God. So if we are led by the Spirit, we are children of God. Kids, vulnerable, 
but also in a loving relationship with God. So you've not received a spirit who makes you fearful slaves. So we don't need to live in fear of God. We don't need to live in bondage. For us, those that have had um, a bad experience with a father where it is that dictatorship, do as I say, do, do, do. We're not called, we're not, we're not meant to be in fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. I love it when my boys call me Daddy. I also love it when I'm doing one of my dad jokes, and Samuel's probably my favourite for this one, where I'll give a little bit of a tease. and goes, oh, Daddy, rolls his eyes at me. I don't know why, but it's so satisfying when you get the, oh, Daddy, like you and your silly jokes again, Daddy. But there's something so special and intimate when he calls me Daddy. You know, uh, um, instead of just Dad, it's, I love it when my kids call me Daddy. And, and that's what we get here We're in Abba Father. It's, it's us allowing to call God that same type of intimacy of he is our daddy. Not just our father, not just our dad. It's more intimate than that. It's he's our Abba Father, he's our daddy. For his spirit joins us with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Still, conceptually, that is just phenomenally amazing. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. We are his children, not called to be slaves, but to be his kids. We get to live with the father rights. My kids, whether for morning when it comes to breakfast, they don't ask to get the porridge out of the pantry. They don't ask to get the milk out. Um, they sometimes don't ask to get other things they should probably ask for. But, but, but there's this certain right they get to be our kids when they come to my shop. You know, they don't go to other back offices and shops. But when they come to my shop, they go, they go help themselves to the fridge and grab themselves um, a drink of water, a biscuit. They go to the Mentos spot where they grab themselves. They do it because I'm their dad. They get certain privileges because I'm their because I'm their dad and they're my kids. And likewise, that is us as well. We get certain privileges because God is our Father. In Galatians 4, chapter 4 to 7, verse 4 to 7. Um, oops, sorry. There we go. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 to 7. It says, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, and God sent him to buy freedom for us, who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Again, he adopted us as his children. And because we are his children, God sent his spirit, his son, into our hearts, prompting us to call us Abba Father. Now you are no longer a slave but to God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. So we are God's heir. That is amazing. We are God's children. Perhaps your perception, again, of fatherhood is not good. Maybe you think of a, someone that's punishing you always, someone that's hard, cold, and not caring. But if that's your perception of fatherhood, that's not, that doesn't have to be your reality. Because in reality... 
God wants a loving relationship with you. Fatherhood is hard. I don't know about you, but I've found some things come out of my mouth at times where if only I could pause and just grab them back in out of frustration when the kids are doing something wrong. But God is not that father. He is a caring and loving loving father. I also think about um, one of the, 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 the hard things about a father is, I don't know about you, but my dad did certain things that I said, when I grow up, I'm not going to be like my dad. Does anyone have that thought? I'm not going to do that. I, my dad jokes were one of them. I said, I'm never going to do jokes like my dad. I think I'm worse than my dad. Um, but, but you can't help sometimes becoming like your father. Um, I think about yesterday, I was driving into Bridgewater and we're turning right towards Allgate and there was a red car with an incompetent driver who needed one of the biggest gaps in traffic ever to be able to turn right. I mean, there was just time after time after... This car could have went. And I'm thinking, no, I'm going to be patient. I had the steering wheel tap. But that was about it. I was really well behaved. I didn't express anything. And uh, I had my, my, my whole back end of my car full, so Hugo sitting in the front seat next to me. And, and out comes of his mouth. He goes, oh, that red car, hurry up. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, he's just like me. And it's so true. Kids copy what their father does. Or what their father does uh, do. Um, And I, um, she said, oh, that's right, she said, oh, come on, red car, you could have gone, which is something I say, you could have gone would be the thing I say, but anyway. Um, and, and it's just funny how much our kids copy us. And if I think about us with our father relationship with God, our father, we too can also copy our father. God's relationship with us was designed to be the blueprint for how we connect with our kids, but also how we can connect with our God. It's a gift of free will in a way that we can restore our past brokenness. One of the um, stories which I absolutely love in the Bible is the parable of the lost son. Because in this, I feel like we can see... For me personally, I can see God's father heart coming through, but also I can see my brokenness in the lost son. Um, If you've got your Bibles, we're going to turn to that. I'll bring that one up in Luke chapter 15, verse 11. It's a a famous, uh, I guess, story or parable that that most of us would know, Um, But it's an awesome opportunity for us to see the Father's heart. Verse 11. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them a story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed and divided his wealth between his sons. God um, divided between his sons. You know, something I'd never noticed before, actually, when I was rereading the scriptures, I always assumed that the father gave half of his wealth or half of, half of the will to one of the sons, but 
actually what happened was he gave his inheritance to both of his sons. And if I think about us, when we give our heart to the Lord, we become heirs. In fact, there's a part of us that allows us to live, although we're not in heaven yet, although we're not living in our inheritance in heaven, but we're the same where we can actually live in our inheritance here on earth. If you think about that, when we become saved, we have the ability for the Holy Spirit to guide us, which is part of our inheritance. Although here on earth, we can live in heaven. And the other thing I love about this part is that it shows us that the Father supports free will. That ability for us to make our own decisions, which is amazing when you think about it, because I struggle giving my kids free will sometimes. I want to take all the decisions. I want to be able to tell them what to do so they don't make mistakes. But no, God in this point, he gives his, his kids the free will and, 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 and shows that even though knowing that some of the mistakes are going to be made, he's going to give us that decision. He supports our free will. It then says, A few days later, his younger son packed up all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted his money in wild living. If I think about Christians, I've even seen that when they give their heart to the Lord, they get their inheritance, and through that they can live in, in the freedom and the grace, and they go about wild living. And, and, and then just slowly, even if I think about our walk with God, is even that we can just slowly, one side, wrong decision, one wrong decision, it can slowly push us further and further away from God. It's funny, when you break that down, I start to see myself in this prodigal son that I can't help but go, you know what, I've done that. I've taken my inheritance and I've taken advantage of it. In verse 14. A few days later, his younger son packed up all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. So about that time, his money ran out. A great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the, main, uh, and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the, the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. Again, if I think about us in this story and think about if we've turned, we've taken our inheritance, we've ran, we've tried to live in our freedom, there's a point where we can get further and further hungry and dry for that original relationship with God. And he's at this point of desperation. He's realised he's made mistakes. He shouldn't have run away, shouldn't have taken his inheritance. And he finally came to his senses and he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me as a hired servant. And I think there's that point that we, even in our deepest, darkest point, and if I think about myself and, and my journey over times, so even when I was my furthest away from God, I still knew my father's heart, that we could turn to him at any point. So he returns to his father, and while he was still a, a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him 
And his son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for his son of mine was dead and now he's returned to life. He was lost, but he is found. The, the party had begun. You know, I, I love that illustration right there to the father heart of God. No matter how far we can run away from God, no how many, what we've done, all it takes is to turn around. And, you know, I can't help but think of um, earthly father relationships where if you were a teenager and you went off on some wild living and you disappeared for a couple of months, I can't help but think of earthly father relationships where, oh, you stupid son, what were you thinking? You know, that, that hardness and that, 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 that bad fathering almost. But instead we see this amazing opposite illustration of God's love. Instead of being, oh, you shouldn't have done that, it was more, and, and said before the son probably even seen it, he was running for his son. And that's God. He wants to run to us and embrace us when we make that decision to turn to him. He fattened, gives him the best. No, you're not down the bottom. No, you come in whole and complete back into the family. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working, and when he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants, What's going on? Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. And his father came out and begged him. And he replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time you've still never given me one young goat for a feast with my friends. And yet when this son of yours comes back after this squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have stayed by me and everything I have is yours. And we have to celebrate this happy day. For your brother was dead and he's come back to life. He was lost. But now he is found. He was lost, but now he's found. You know, I think if you're looking through the earthly eyes of getting given what you, uh, your share of your inheritance, we look through through this earthly perception. And, and I've never quite understood all of this scripture um, in some respects, but I think we forget that God our Father has an infinity amount of resource. He creates everything. God cares more about you as an individual than, than he does about anything else. And I think then it's also a good illustration of how we need to love those that are in our family. I'm blown away by God's father heart because in every respect, there's a part of me that goes, I don't deserve God's love. But through Jesus Christ, we are brought in to the family. This morning when I was, um, well, when I was preparing for this sermon, um, I really wanted to focus on the fact that that God is our Father, and really, really wanted to remind us that He is our Father.
See, God forgives you for any sins that he's done. All you've got to do is turn around and seek that forgiveness. The other thing that I wanted to challenge us is for us to become more and more like our Father, our Heavenly Father. On Father's Day, I, I think it's, it's an awesome opportunity to, to reflect on that. But we're not supposed to stay the way we are. We are to learn about Him, seek His Word, seek His Scripture, and become more like Him. My message is quite simple this morning, and on Father's Day, I wanted to be quick, but I, I think I've done quicker than I was expecting, which is not a bad thing because I know we've probably all got places to be. But it's quite simply that. This morning, it's an opportunity to make sure we're right with our Father. And then secondly, to go, am I becoming more like him or am I becoming more like my earthly father? This morning, I want to give everyone an opportunity to be able to get their relationship back on track, to make that turn and decide to go back to their relationship with Christ. Maybe you've made bad decisions. Maybe you feel like I've taken my grace, my inheritance of grace and forgiveness too far by worldly living. But all you've got to do is turn back to him. This morning I'd like to pray with you if that's, if that's you because I think it's good to draw a line in the sand of acknowledgement and going, yeah, I'm turning back to Christ. If you're a Christian this morning, make sure you're praying. Um, but if you, that's you, you'd like me to pray for you this morning, why don't you give me a wave and so I can pray with you to, to turn back to Christ, turn back to our Father. Why don't you just give me a wave if that's you and I can pray with you. Awesome. Great. Cool. Well, Father God, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that you are our Father. Lord, I just pray you give us an opportunity this week to reflect on you, reflect on how we're living to become more like you. Lord, show us those parts in our life that we need to change. Lord, may we become more like you. May we get the same Father love that you have for us. May we love others like that as well. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. 